your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan is in the house. A lot to get to today, another Avalanche trade. And they were on the ice, of course, against the Los Angeles Kings. Just finished a 3 to nothing victory. Double shutouts for Mr. Darcy Kemper. The man's on a roll. Tons of late. <laughs> Pew, pew. He's, a, he's a good goalie. <laughs> uh, so we will get to all of that. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And follow the show over on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show over on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And yes, we are recording these shows live in front of a live studio audience, just like Jerry Springer does. Uh, So we're going to start with the trade and we will get to the game momentarily, but we are going to start with another avalanche trade. And you can put a bow on the career for Tyson Jost with the Colorado Avalanche. And for a lot of people, this is this hurts. Uh, he, he was a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was always what could have been with yeah. Tyson Jost. And I think it just got to a point where it needed new scenery. It, yeah. it, ju- it just had to happen. He, you know, he's just one of those guys just so up and down. Just there was no consistency with him. And um, it was time. Yeah. That's all it was. It was just time. <laughs> and, and, and you know, a, a, a number one pick or a number one first round draft pick, you can only carry that title for you for so long. And I think, you know, they've had them long enough where they they knew what they had in him. And yeah. that's all you're really going to get. So they trade him to the Minnesota Wilds. I don't feel good of, about of it. All the teams, <laughs> I know. Uh, so they, they trade him to Minnesota Wild uh, for Nico Sturm and another guy who probably just needed to have a change of scenery. So all in all, what's your thoughts on the deal? Yeah, Jost was the one that you kind of anticipated being moved because of honestly his potential where he was drafted. And the opportunity after opportunity to contribute and do something on that top line. And McNabb even talked about it in the altitude broadcast. Like they gave him the opportunity to be a top six forward and he just couldn't capitalize and he would just get lost in the shuffle in lines three and four. And that's not what you're that's not what you want out of Jost. And I had a buddy of mine, as soon as that trade was done, he's a Minnesota Wild fan. He messaged and said, Thank you for Tyson Jost. And I said, wait before you say that <laughs> he's excited to have him yeah and i, I okay. said honestly i think this trade was basically the same player both ways but we're paying a little bit less because yeah. well i mean Sturm is he's an established fourth line guy you know exactly what you're getting out of him you don't have to keep hoping for more like we did out of jost well look what the avalanche did in the two two moves that they've made they they got bigger Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, so you're w- w- with Sturm. The, the production is pretty much the same as mm-hmm. Tyson Jost, but 
but he is taller and he is bigger body wise. Mm -hmm. So that's what the Avalanche are looking to do. They are happy with their scoring. Clearly, yeah. clearly, you know, there, there's no issues there. Um, I, if you can add another score, why wouldn't you? And, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see what happens in the end with, with Claude Drew or somebody else. But I do, I feel like the abs are, you know, they're not done. This is not their moves. Like, no, this, this is not their, their moves to, to say like, okay, you know, we, we've made our trade deadline moves. We're all done. Both of these moves are kind of to set up something else and something possibly big that could, could be coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And we'll know in the next couple of days. You free up a little bit, a little over a million dollars in cap space, which again, like we said yesterday, every dollar counts. Mm -hmm. um, and you get a guy that, you know, it's just a one for one deal. There's, there's nothing about this that is like earth shattering and you're getting rid of a guy who was struggling pretty much. And you're getting a guy that, like you said, he knows what he is mm -hmm. with the avalanche. It was always, can Tyson Jost break into that top six? Yeah. Can he do it? And on very rare occasions, he did mm -hmm. because of maybe there was injuries going on or maybe he did have a hot streak when he had like a hat trick or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, he, he was, you know, at this stage of the game, he's not breaking through into that top six. And for Sturm, I think he's happy just doing what he's going to do and, and, you know, being a bigger body and you get this pretty much the same production from him. So it just it just makes sense. It just feels right for right yeah. now to me. And I kind of feel bad for Stern coming in, not only because he had to wear that wild sweater for so long, but also the debut that Manson had, another guy that didn't have stats that blew you away, yeah. but also was bigger. But then you see the contributions that he made last night in that game against the Kings. Mm -hmm. yep. So now you're anticipating that same kind of Almost like it was even mentioned in the broadcast, and I saw it all over social media, the word refreshing many mm -hmm. times. And I wonder if you're going to get that same feel from the forwards now with, like Hop mentioned, just four inches taller. But, hey, a little bit of physicality never hurt. No. And, and you know, you look back to what happened with the Avalanche in the uh, postseason last year against Vegas. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say they got pushed around into the you know to make it seem like it was completely one-sided it wasn't the abs they held their own but they 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 did they got knocked around they got bruised and they got yeah. battered a little bit and you know when you have we keep saying like you have those guys that they can you know fight back but that's not their style that's not what they're meant to do you don't want you don't want nathan, uh, nathan mckinnon constantly battling you don't want Gabe Landeskog even though that's a big part of his game um you you want him you want him to play his game and when teams like Vegas could get him out of that and it's like you know defend yourself first it's that's not really what you want but when you bring in guys like Sturm and Manson that's their game they can mm -hmm. handle that over yeah yeah and you can see it with Manson and like in his first game with the Avalanche, he already hit his career high in hits. Like that's a that's a heck of a day that's a heck of a debut for like your first game with the Avalanche, and you're out there setting career high for hits, doing what we anticipated. Like that was gangbusters. And if Sturm can come in and just have 
just something close to a career night for just hey time on ice is also very valuable right now so oh we will get to time on ice because uh that speaks volumes for what this move for manson did volumes and probably Sturm as well so uh yeah well i didn't i didn't suggest an uber i suggested a a turo it's a very good service a turo is a very good service uh but maybe i don't know turo you got to return it or they can pick it up maybe maybe can they oh yeah yeah for an additional fee they'll drop it off and pick it up oh man and these uh high gas price times i don't know it's it's an extra fee that i don't want to pay honestly (laughs) um all right. So, I mean, that that's that's the deal. That's the trade. I, I get it. You know, there's a lot of people kind of hurt, upset over it. And, you know, you get you get attached to, to certain players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I always say, like, I don't have any I don't have favorite players anymore. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Kale McCarr is coming close. The closest I'll have to have <clears> a favorite <throat> player. But um, no, I, I don't because players move around all the time. And when you, when you get attached to them. Uh, chances are they are likely going to be moved at some point in their career. And I know, I know a lot of people were attached to Tyson Jost and he's, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. He's great in the locker room, great teammate. Um, but it, it was just, like I said earlier, it was just time. Yeah. And I, I went through that with the, with Stasny, like it was a foregone conclusion. There was no way he wouldn't leave the avalanche, especially coming yeah. from that hockey family. And yeah. when he left, that hurt. So I feel what everybody feels with the Jost move. Mm-hmm. So when it, whenever I'm like talking about Jost and it feels like kind of detached and cold, it's because I've already went through it with Stasny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it was Adam Deadmarsh. Really? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. To to this Kings team. That, yeah, that yeah. that was that one. I, I loved Adam Deadmarsh. So yeah. Um. All right, we'll get to the game because the game was played. And uh, another avalanche victory pushes them over the 90 points uh, marker on the season. So uh, we will hear from Built Bar first and then talk about the game. So uh, have you tried the new Built Bar Puffs? And you know Built Bar. You know it. You love it. Best tasting protein bar in the market. And now they have these delicious Built Bar Puffs. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow protein bar. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they are not just a protein bar. They are a treat and covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, They are low-calorie, high-protein, so you can replace your candy bars with these because they're better than a typical candy bar, which can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Other candy bars, which usually have 200 upwards of calories, 300 grams, yeah, 300 grams of sugar <laughs> might kill you, uh, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Uh, so, yeah, abs with the three to nothing win against Los Angeles. We'll get to our soundtrack sound check uh, in the next segment. I think, you know, the first thing we're going to go to is is Josh Manson on this one, because, you know, yeah. he's your newest player. He comes in. How did he look? I thought he looked very comfortable. After yeah. Just meeting the team maybe hours before puck drop. 
and that's the thing you keep thinking about. Like this is Manson, right? Like f- completely fresh, barely knows everybody's name, and he doesn't know the systems. He doesn't know how we set things up. You didn't yeah. see him really on the special teams because he doesn't know about the infamous slingshot pass. So. <laughs> Like, can you just imagine what he's going to do once he gets a little bit more comfortable with how everyone plays? I think this is already a huge W for Joe Sackick, just off what we see so far. Mm. I put up on Twitter, I'm trying to bring it up here quickly, um, the the NHL Network had a, a really good graphic up. and he About is, Tyler Jost? Yeah. No. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. I can't either. <laughs> I mean, th- that's the NHL network who got a, a player's name flat out wrong. It wasn't, you know. They kept it up it, for hours. They, yeah, they haven't taken it down, have they? Or is it still up now? I mean, it wasn't on Twitter. It was on Instagram, I think. It was on Instagram, and it was up for, last I checked, it was up for three hours. It's still up. With all of the comments saying his name is Tyson. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know, they they put up the trade graphic saying that the Avalanche traded Tyler Jost. So so technically, we still have Tyson Jost, according to the NHL Network. Uh, but they did have uh, a good graphic up on Josh Manson. is third in the league from dumping recoveries and exit rates. Now, what is mm. that? That is when the opposing team dumps in a puck, and your team goes and collects it and has a clean zone exit. He does that. We're going to round up 0.1% to 80% of the time. That's third in the league, uh, only behind Nick Letty and Tyson Berry. Yeah, that guy. Um, So, I mean, that and how often have the Avalanche struggled to have clean zone exits from their defensive zone? Mm -hmm. A lot this year. The Avs are very good on a lot of things, but that they struggle with more than I am comfortable with. And there's been a lot of times where they are dog tired and they kind of just loosey goosey try to like get the puck beyond the blue line and it doesn't have enough juice on it. And whatever team we're playing keeps it in the zone and mm-hmm. then you're in the zone for another 30 seconds or 45 seconds and you're that much. It's it's just it, it's a problem sometimes for the avalanche. Yeah. So to have a guy that is pretty reliable um, on, on zone exits is a great thing and you saw it you yeah. did really see it. it's nothing amazing it's not that he's making like these stretch passes that are going three lines or anything like that he just is comfortable with the puck and he knows where his guys are yeah I, you could see it, especially <clears throat> in the first period he was making just crisp easy passes to his first read and you get the puck out of the zone impressive yeah. And Peter Baugh tweeted before the game talking to Manson about what he expects to contribute to the team. And he says he doesn't want to be seen. He wants to just do what he always does and help that team propel them to a win was his quote. And mm-hmm. you could see that with the play and especially with an 80% uh, conversion rate on getting that puck out of the defensive zone. And yeah. you can almost see it in the game last night. I honestly cannot remember the last time the Avalanche were that aggressive on a forecheck either. They were yeah, really were they? aggressive on the forecheck. All right, I'll have to watch it again. I mean, because there were specific things that I was watching in this game, but uh, you're right. Yeah, well, they always are, like when, when Achuskin's out there, and he was on the top line 
uh, you know, against the Kings. So you're going to get a better forecheck when he's out there, especially in the top line, which is always nice to see. It was very noticeable last night. And I think all of those components working together led to that feeling of refreshing for the avalanche. You look at time on ice and, you know, this is one of those things that we said he's going to do instantly. And like we said, you know, he, he just, he got off the bus and just met his teammates and out on the ice he goes. So no real, I think he had like a meeting, like a brief uh, in- intervention beforehand. Just like <laughs> this, hey, this is your is how, locker room. This is how we run things. Don't um, feed Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. <laughs> feed him the puck. Don't feed him carbs. Nope. He had 18 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time. It's what you want. That, that, that's kind of what you're bringing him in there for. <laughs> so you're you're saying he hit career high for hits and career high for Curtis McDermott minutes. Yeah, for Curtis McDermott. <laughs> who Curtis McDermott with a whopping six minutes and twenty seven seconds, and he, he was playing a forward. You know, so everybody, the 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 only guy that was under ten minutes of ice time was Curtis McDermott, and that's to be expected. Yeah, everybody else. Had at least 10. Abe Kubel was just over 10 minutes with 10 minutes and four seconds. But you look at this, and this is, you know, this is more of what you want, more of kind of like an e, it's it's more spread out, and you're not putting all of the emphasis on those top six guys. You had Kale McCarr with just shy of 25 minutes. So he was 24 minutes, 57 seconds. Even shaving two minutes off of his ice time probably feels like a vacation for him. Yeah. You know, so it's what you, you, you're not seeing the Abe Kubel with the six minutes and the uh, Tyson Jost with the seven, eight minutes. Darren Helm, 14 minutes of ice time. Burkowski, oddly enough, did he had 13 minutes and 19 seconds. Did he did he get injured or something that I missed somehow? I don't think so. I didn't hear um, anything. If people in the chat know about that, uh Please say something because he's only had 13 minutes and 19 seconds. And I didn't really, I I think I noticed him out there for the duration of the game, but I don't know. And to answer Hop's question about shutouts for Kemper, because that has to be talked about at some point, especially with the trade, uh, that brings Darcy Kemper up to four shutouts on the year. And they're both back to backs, aren't they? Yeah, he had. I remember the teams, but they were both of his shutouts have come consecutively. Not all four. He had two and then yep. two. So, and then even Francois has had, I think, two, two. himself. For, yeah. So, and Adrian Dater tweeted out earlier today that it's going to be Darcy and Frankie from here on out. Yeah, but, dude. So, I was never into the, they're bringing somebody in. You know, just based on on what's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And when you had Grubauer and Francois, when they were kind of going through like their struggles, not not it's, it's a it was a weird thing back then. Like one of them was always struggling and the other one was always playing well enough to keep you afloat. Yeah. And there was a time where I, I everybody just all of a sudden fell in love with uh I, was, I meant to say Darcy Kemper, uh, Philip Grubauer, because of yeah. the one season he had. Everybody just fell in love with him. But he had his moments of struggles. Yeah. 
pretty much for the duration of his avalanche career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so, but Joe Sackick, what he said, he goes, I'm comfortable with these guys. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they've just gone through some fluke injuries. And if we can just overcome that, we'll be good. And for at least for Grubauer last year, it was good. Yeah. And kind of based on those comments, I'm kind of like fast forwarding that and kind of inputting it into this year. I don't think when Kemper was struggling all that much, it was enough for Joe Sackick to really panic and say, we need to bring in a goalie. And I never really bought they were going to go look for Marc-Andre Fleury or anybody else that's really on the market because I feel like, like I said, based on those comments, that's how Joe Sackick feels. And that's how he's going to feel about his goalies unless they were playing God awful, which I don't think Darcy Kemper ever really was. And even when in games where Darcy's had to been like had to be pulled out of the game, you don't feel at a disadvantage putting Frankie in there or vice versa. No, you don't feel like, oh, boy, I hope we can hold. No, you have confidence in both goalies and you still have that in the back of your mind that Eustace Ananen is getting his time. And he's getting seasoned and getting ready for whenever he does need to make that jump up. We're covered there too. We don't have to have your JoJo's come in or, I mean, Hutchinson. Does everybody remember that? <laughs> yeah, remember that one? Yeah. I mean, again, he had his moments, but mm-hmm. not somebody that you're like, oh, he, he's our future. Yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I didn't really think that it was all that serious that the Avalanche were ever really looking at goalies. Um, no. All right, sir, let's get to our sound check and uh, songs that we handpick that we feel best summarize the action, in this case, against the Los Angeles Kings. Go for it. One of my favorite bands, literally of all time, Motorhead. Um, <laughs> See, I'm never really big in, I don't know why. I'm just, just, I mean, I respect the hell out of them. It's, just... it's the same reason like I like Primus for that bass-led riff mm. same with lemmy um always cranking it up um yeah. motorheads angel city i want to eat dirt i'm going to eat my shirt angel city <laughs> angel city <laughs> it's it's a good song it, oh, i mean right. shape up was it a single right. or is that like a deep cut it was on their 1916 album i think it was okay right. see i never really got into them huge but i do they're like like rush like i just don't oh. like the sound of rush rush man but i, I oh. respect the the heck out of rush because they're insane musicians but just it's just the sound i could never get over getty lee's kind of whiny voice that he has i just don't like it I can't. oh man i that's <laughs> another one i love rush love yeah. i don't know just personal preference um for me, I I'm gonna go with uh, "Bring Me the Horizon," mm. and they have a a song called "Kingslayer." Mm. Fits perfect, uh, featuring baby metal. So, um, <gasps> baby metal, yeah. I love baby metal. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll those will be up on the LOP and soundcheck playlist mm-hmm. on Spotify. So go. Uh, follow those and and we've been having kind of some fun with the trades because we're doing we're doing them for trades actually throughout the ones that we did for for uh josh manson we we both did the same title but different artists i did hello from oasis and you did 
I did um, Hello from Lionel Richie. Brilliant. Brilliant. One of the greatest videos ever made. Oh, yeah. For the younger viewers out there, if you've never seen Lionel Richie Hello, YouTube it after you finish this show. And uh, that's what videos were like. Another Alabama boy. years ago. What's that? Another Alabama boy. Is he Lionel. really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, the, the, and I, we did, we did them for Joe's too, but crazy yeah. ones for Joe. So just, just go follow the playlist. It's, it's, it's yeah, fun. That, that was deal with the devil because we had to deal with That's Minnesota. True, did. Yes. Yeah. Judas so, priest. Um, and I picked a German song, which is, has a funny title. Oh, it killed <laughs> you'll, me. You'll, you'll get it when you see it. Um, all right. So for the rest of this game, getting away kind of from the, the Manson side of things, I mean, how do, how do you take this? I think emotions were probably running a little bit high because like we were saying, it was, you know, their first game without Tyson Jost, without their buddy, without their pal. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have some emotion for that. You know, they just don't, they're human. They know they have a job to do, Yeah, but it's not like they can just turn it off immediately. This is, this is different for them. Like the guy where he, or the, the, the locker where he normally sits, I know it's an away game, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not there. Yeah. So I don't know if that had any impact. I mean, I think they played a fine game. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a lot of back and forth. You, had, I mean, where were the shots on goal here? 27 for the Avs, 23 for the Kings. So not like this offensive outburst by by either team, really, you know, that as far as chances. But I think it was just one of those games where the Avs just did what they needed to do to get it done. And they know that they're a better team than the Kings and the Kings are decimated a little bit with some, some injuries and younger players up right now. And they took advantage of it and they did what they had to do. And you leave with two points. And I think the thing that honestly kind of gets forgotten with the whole Manson thing, Val and JT scored those goals on the power play. The avalanche Mm -hmm. were two for two on the power play. Yeah, that is a hundred percent. So there was improvements <laughs> all the way around. I am good at math, and I, and I know that is hundred percent. You are correct, sir. Yes, big math guy over here. Yes, the Kings also were zero for four on their power play. Yeah, so, so we killed off four penalties with the absence of Jost, a new face in the lineup, with all of this kind of ebbs and flows of the game. 100% on our power play, 0% for the Kings. Yeah. That's something you could really take away, especially with this long layoff. Get to really know Manson. We yeah. don't play the Sharks until Friday. I like Nuke being up on that top line, especially leading the scoring. JT's goal was very, it was a nice little tip. Way to be there. Miko doing his Alexandro Vechkin. Congratulations on third, by the way, Ovi. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But doing that that one timer to put it away, um, this was a really good win, top to bottom. And guess what? Just by a percentile, we won the faceoffs as well. Yes, we did. That, so two games in a row, three games in a row. Everything we've been asking for out of this Avalanche team improved in this game, which the Kings have been surging up. This isn't your normal Kings team that you just kind of like, okay, whatever, and roll right through. You won, hand, and it was commanding. You won in the stat column. You won in the score column. Mm-hmm. Carry this over 
against San Jose. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right with the Jost about, you know, the, the one thing he did well was kill penalties. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing you could definitely rely on him to do all the time is kill penalties and draw penalties. He's really mm-hmm. good at that, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you did want to see how they would kind of react to and and, and L.A. is not good uh, at power plays, uh, you know, so it, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, it is a change. It's definitely a change. So. I don't know. I, I, I think it was a little bit of everything. I think it was like kind of a, a lot of emotion going on. You saw the, if you didn't see it, Gabe Landeskog posted mm. on Instagram just on his, uh, the stories or whatever. It's just, it was a, just him and Joe's hugging like after a goal. And that was it. There was no comment. There was no text or anything like that. These guys are going to feel something. So yeah, I, I'm not I, saying it affected the play on the ice, but. You know, they're, they're going through some emotions right now. Definitely. Yeah, I saw that Instagram story and dust flew into my eye and I had to <laughs> scroll right past it real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, Hop, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's a no brainer to bring the Chuskin back. And I, and I think yeah. he wants to come back because he, uh, he he's appreciative of the Avalanche giving him another shot. He was left for dead after Dallas wanted nothing to do with him. So uh, I think, you know, he will be coming back. No doubt about it. In my, opinion. I, and he's a player that honestly you want back. Yeah. He's yeah. got a clear defined role and you don't get that top line for just being a scrub. All right. Uh, and hop also asked is if, uh, Kale McCarr has been in a couple points of the all time defense total for the abs. And I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, yeah. Two or th- I mean, what, what's he got for the season? Let uh, me pull up the all-time. I, I think it's – didn't, like, Ozelinch have a, a fantastic season as a defenseman for the for the Avs? It, it, it might be him is, is my guess. I remember hearing that. And I don't know what the, the exact number is, but he's close. You're right. I think he is pretty darn close to, to overcoming that. He's going to get it. Yeah, he's going to get it. Yeah, Sandus Ozelinch, let's see. It was Ozelinch, right? 65 points, if I'm looking at this correctly. that's Well, then how, how many is McCarr? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Or is that just playoff defenseman? I can't be in the playoffs. 65 points in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Uh, here, let me see. Okay, no. I got 68 uh, for Ozelinch. Yeah, and, that's what I'm getting. And then is Makar at 66 right now? Yeah, that makes okay. So yeah, he's only a couple points away from doing it. Right there. Yeah, and I I have a feeling like he is going to set records that are going to be very difficult for any future Av to break. Yeah, and you get you got Kale right there on that defensive scoring leader, and with the Avalanche hitting 91 points, it's really putting that that all time team record. It's right there. It's in grasp. Yeah, definitely. And then Hop, we'll, we'll uh, wrap it up with this. Hop wants to know, Stratocaster or Les Paul? Les Paul, because Fender's not a guitar. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I like the Les Paul. I like the, the I just like the look of a Les Paul. But being an REM fan, I, I, I like the Rickenbacker and a Tom That's... Petty fan. Tom Petty was always big with the Rickenbacker. So. My my first guitar was a BC Rich Beast. I always went for the extravagant, like crazy looks. Like the yeah. guitar I got now is a Dean Razorback, but 
Like I like the, but I don't do fenders. They don't, they don't sound good to me. So, well, on that, we're going to go drink our brandy and smoke our cigars <laughs> after, after that comment. So black no, tooth grin. There, yeah. <laughs> uh, so for the abs, yeah. Three days off. Am, am I, am I reading that right? Like do, do my eyes we... deceive me? Boys were playing mini golf. <laughs> oh my goodness. What is, what is happening in the schedule? Yeah. So they got nothing Wednesday, nothing Thursday. So they're playing Friday. So they got Wednesday, Thursday off. Which right? is still which is still nice. So you got two days off. Yeah, I didn't think it was three days off. So um and then another game against West Coast game against the Sharks. Remember when not that long ago when the Az were kind of like in their little, little mini rut mm-hmm. and, you know, some Avalanche fans were kind of throwing their hands up in the air saying like, this is the end. Uh, you're kind of over that right now. <laughs> you got the, this Kings game was a prove it game where you can kind of figure yourself out a little bit. Mm-hmm. We might have strong by the time of the Sharks game. You get to prove yourself a little bit more. And then another measuring stick game with the way Edmonton's been playing on Monday. Yeah, Edmonton's another game that you can really get out there, and it's a measuring stick game. They okay, played Edmonton yet this year, have they? I don't think so. No, no, no. But here's the interesting thing: Claude Giroux. We keep saying how he wants to play his thousandth game for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. That's that's Thursday. Avalanche play Friday. Are are we are we? Is Claude Giroux going to take an Uber cross country or a Turo cross country? Right after the the clock strikes zero in his Flyers game, his 1,000th Flyer game, and I, is there a deal in place? And they're just waiting for this 1,000th game to come through, and then he's heading out west. Deadline's Monday. I, I, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. It, I do. I just get the sense that they have something set up, and he just wants that. That's important to him. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. I think if, if that's true and and they have a deal on the table, I think, you know, the Flyers have shut the door and everything else. They've given their word to the abs. This is what we're going to do. Just let him play his 1000th game with us. And then we'll announce it the following morning or something like that. If not, the abs have something else up their sleeve that we're not even talking about. I don't know what it could be, but it just seems like all of the, you know, the, the tea leaves are are all pointing to Giroux. And I think they threw a little bit of a curveball with Mason or Manson, excuse me. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, he was on the market, but you didn't really hear him connected to the abs that much. So could they be doing the same thing? We, we're all throwing out Giroux and could the abs be, you know, throw a curveball and say, well, we're going to get someone just as good for a better deal for us. That remains to be seen. Yeah. We were talking yesterday. I could, I would have never told you we're going after Manson. I would have never told you we're going after Strom. Like, Oh yeah, no, that nobody saw that. And especially like Jost being a piece, like you thought that was going to be a piece in the Giroud deal. So mm-hmm. what is actually going on here? What else is on the table? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions going on. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, interesting next couple of days. And we will be here to talk all about it. If anything happens, we will bring it up on tomorrow's episode. So uh, that'll wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. That is always appreciated. Making it your first listen of the day. Go check out Locked On NHL. Make that your second listen of the day. Get caught up on anything going on around the league with other trades. 
that might be happening other than our Colorado Avalanche. So until then, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Selly. This is the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!